listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. Here's your host, award-winning coach and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Ralston. Welcome to the Dynamic Women Podcast. I am Diane Rolston, your host. And are you feeling like your eyes are getting a little bit strained these days by sitting in front of the computer? Maybe it's just a symptom of bad vision habits. We're not sure. And you're going to find out today by listening to the lovely Claudia Mullenweg. Hello, Claudia. Welcome. Hi. Hello, so, hello, hello. Uh, so today it's, you know, it's so timely with what is happening right now in the world. And really, no matter what, our screen time is going up. Our use of electronics, our um, using our eyes in close distance to something. There's, there's all types of things I'm sure you're going to help us with. But the key thing is how to improve your vision. And you know, a lot, not a lot of people know, but I wear contacts. Um, and so when they do see me in their glasses, they're surprised. And I know that you have the ability also to help us to revert the, the bad um, eyesight that we have. So let me just tell everyone a little bit more about you so that they, um, they know who they're listening to. So you're the creator of the Naturally Clear Vision Method, and you've always hated your glasses because it, why do you actually first of all why do you hate glasses you know they were just a barrier between me and the world as a kid I was bullied and teased and I just distortion and I just it just like this thing on my face it just drove me nuts yeah actually when I started wearing glasses um it was just to see far away um and I didn't realize until uh, I played soccer and rugby and I wasn't able to to head the ball or catch the ball in rugby the same way I, I was my timing was off and uh and then I couldn't see the board in university far away and so I got glasses and then it wasn't until I yeah I dropped a few balls from mistiming them um that I got contacts for playing sports and that that space between the bottom of the glasses and and where your glasses are uh, I was a waitress and I would constantly like like hit the the tray on things because I wasn't seeing that. So I get that you don't like them, but the bullying piece, that piece, that's, that's horrible. Um, well, let me keep going. So you made it your mission to help others see clearly naturally, just like you have done. That's so cool. Um, so you're a sought after international speaker and workshop leader. Um, you focus on finding the root cause of your client's blurry vision instead of using symptomatic treatments like glasses, contacts, or surgery that can actually make their eyesight worse in the long term. I get it. Yeah, my eyesight has gotten worse in the long term. And you live what you teach uh, starting each day with self-care. You're born in Hamburg, Germany, and you now live in Los Angeles since 1993. So bring us into this. So computers, we're sitting in front of computers all day long now. And it hurts our eyes. Why is that? So there's so many reasons. The, the, the major cause of any kind of blurry vision or vision problems is strain. Hmm. And strain is usually mental strain. So the eyes are part of the brain. 
your vision is really 90% brain, 10% eyeball. And when you're straining, when you're mentally straining, you create an effort, right? An effort with anything in life that you do with an effort, it takes so much more energy. It's tiring, it's exhausting, versus if you do something from an easy, effortless place. And that's, that's kind of the, the underlying kind of thing, I want to say. Computers are definitely not the best thing to look at because light, the way the vision works, it's reflection of light into your retina and then it gets processed to the optic nerve, to the brain. Computers are backlit. In other words, it's not a reflective light. So it's, a, it's kind of like, it's hard for the brain to distinguish the distance because it's backlit. It's not like a physical piece oh. right? reflected. So that it, computers require even better vision habits, right? Than, than usually seeing, uh, usually using wow. your eyes. Um, and you know, there's so many reasons. One of them is that people just stare. They don't blink, especially when we look at screens very, very kind of common not to blink. And blinking is super important. Healthy blinking is every two to three seconds. It lubricates your eyes, it prevents staring. And I see people looking at computers like really, like almost deer in the headlight kind of. Like you know, a zombie. Like, yeah, like a zombie. And then maybe not breathing, you know, kind of breathing, like being tense. Like there's all these physical and mental factors. Um, yeah, blinking is one of the examples and also not changing your focus. And you said that earlier in your introduction that, you know, our eyes are not meant to be locked into a single distance for hours, right? So that's one example. Yeah, but as technology increases, we just look at screens more and more and more. You know, even you go to uh, get a coffee at a, at a common fast food place and now you're looking at a screen even to order your coffee. And so isn't just our kind of vision decline by looking at screens, isn't just this unavoidable these days? No, it's, it's definitely not unavoidable. I mean, it's avoidable. Sorry, that's what I was trying to say. It's definitely avoidable. So there are some principles in good vision or natural vision, how you see how the eyeball is constructed, the anatomy that are, it doesn't matter what you look at. So the key principle that I really want everybody to understand, which blew my mind when I first heard about it, is uh, what was called originally central fixation or central clarity. And um, without going too much into anatomy, but in your retina, you have a little tiny spot called the fovea. And that's the only spot where you have perfect, clear vision. When you ever see these eye diagrams, how the light is reflected, right? It always points into that spot. Um, and that is a very small spot the size of a pinhead. So once you understand, let's say you look at a letter or a word, and you look at that first letter, that every other letter, and, and especially the further away, of course, right, is not as sharp as the one that you're looking at, right? And then you have to move your eyes and your attention around versus trying to see, like speed reading, for instance, is a habit where people try to see a whole paragraph clear at once, and that's anatomically impossible. So once you understand that and implement that, it doesn't matter if you read a book or if you read a screen at the coffee shop, you know, once you understand that you cannot see that whole screen clear at once that you basically move your attention around from, you know, wherever you're looking. Hmm. So that got me curious now, when I'm on my phone, my screen's this big. When I'm on my computer, my laptop, my screen is, you know, like this big. But when I'm on my 
monitor that's attached to my laptop. It's this big. And then I'm watch my TV, right? You're whatever big that is. Um, so is it better to have a certain screen size or, or what's the trick if it's a bigger screen or a smaller screen? The trick is really, it, there's really no trick that, well, let me put it that way. The screen size doesn't matter. However, smaller screens are more tempting to kind of where you kind of tempted to see, try to see this whole thing clear at once. And especially, and I see that a lot with folks like my age, I'm in my late 50s, um, that make the fonts larger on their phone or make them bold or large. Yeah. Because the smaller the text, the more you, you have to, like you know, your eyes are moving, right? You're kind of moving along. The bigger the text, the more the temptation to see this whole word clear at once. Again, which is anatomically impossible. And the key with bigger screens or with anything in life is really to move your head. And kids do this naturally. When a kid first starts reading, they're kind of moving their head and maybe they even use a finger to kind of keep, keep their attention, you know, where they are in the place and they move their head along with their eyes. That's a naturally good habit. And then we tell them, don't move your head, just move your eyes. And that's actually one um, cause of astigmatism is if you always move your eyes in one direction without moving your head. So, yeah. Watch kids. Naturally, they really usually have good habits. Yeah. Okay. So with people in, in my profession, I'm a coach and, and I spend a majority of my time coaching clients or working on stuff on the computer, right? Developing courses or, or such. Um, Pre-COVID-19, though, I still would do live trainings. And so I wasn't in front of a screen. I would coach people over the phone um, rather than the screen or in person because we were looking at something together. But now it's, I can't do it on my phone. I'm doing it on uh, like the big screen and I'm actually having to look and be part of that. Um, and I'm sure that's happening for, for everyone, these uh, many people these days, or even in the future, how, how technology is going to just continue to evolve to have us using screens. So what would be the do's and the don'ts of good eyesight in general and then in screen usage? So in general, like I said before, shift your focus a lot. For instance, the way I have my computer positioned, I'm um, not, I don't have a window in, back, in the back of me, but I'm actually, you know, I just have to move my eyes literally half an inch above the top of my screen and I'm looking into the distance. So it's easy. It's easy for me to move my attention from near to far. So I'm not, you know, if you have your computer against the wall, you know, you have to turn around or get up. That's way too complicated. Yeah. So shifting your attention. And then also um, what we talked about, that central clarity, right? So we have that tiny spot of clarity, but we also have this amazing peripheral vision. And the near periphery is like maybe, you know, let's say six to eight inches from the central clarity, that's still a lot clearer. And then you have the middle periphery and the, the outer, outer, outer periphery, right? So in the outer periphery, we don't see colors. We, don't, we only see movement. We don't really see any clarity. So making, being aware of that kind of periphery, and like you said earlier about your glasses, glasses really kind of force that, that kind of tunnel vision where you know, you ignore your periphery, which is blurry for everyone. Like, you know, nobody, this is the anatomy of the eyeball, right? You cannot see anything clear. Like if you wanted to look at something on the side, you wouldn't turn your eyes all the way to the side. You would actually look <laughs> around, right? Like you want yeah. to, you know, think straight on. So that's an example. Back when I worked in offices, often you would step up to a coworker's desk, you know, and they were like working and then you said something, they were like, oh my God, like, 
So they literally like totally didn't see you in that moment. Taking breaks, you know, blinking is a good thing. Um, And generally focusing uh, or really practicing belly breathing, which is a way to stimulate relaxation because all good, good vision is based on relaxation and the opposite of that is strain, effort, you know. So, so focus, a lot of times people think focus means effort, but you know, that's kind of, when you, whenever you're in flow, you know what I mean? When you're in flow, you're like focus, but it's not a strain. It's easy. It's kind of, and that's what good vision is. It doesn't mean that you are you know, relaxation doesn't mean resting that you're sleeping or closing your eyes. It just meaning means things doing from a relaxed state, um, kind of in the going a little bit into anatomy, the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest. And a lot of people are caught up in this continuation of stress, breathing into the chest, kind of, you know, having those tight shoulders, tight neck, and, and all those, especially tension in the head, neck and shoulders affects your vision too, right? So it's, it's kind of like whatever is good for your general health really also helps your vision. So, you know, it's not like one or the other. And um, yeah, yeah. This actually, this gets me thinking of something else that I don't know if you know how to answer this. Um, it's a more specific question, but I have worked with a client who is in a kind of a self-induced stressful situation by continuously working and working long, 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 long hours. Um, and we were, we were getting her towards moving away from that and taking vacation time. Um, but her retina detached. Is that, uh, do you know anything about that? Can you ex- explain or share anything about that? Yeah. It just made me think, cause you were talking about stress and all connected. Yeah. And then her retina detaches. So, yeah. So, you know, Louise Hay even wrote a lot of stuff back in the fifties, you know, for instance, yeah. cataracts, you can't see the future. So I'm not sure retinal detachment. It's basically think of your eyeball. It's the front of the eyeball before in front of the lens is filled with tears, right? It's liquid. And then in the middle, like in the center, the majority of the eyeball is filled with this thing called vitreous humor, which is like a gel like substance. So if that gets, if that either shrinks a little bit or it can pull the retina off kind of the back, it's like as if you imagine you have wallpaper, right? And it gets wet or something happens and that kind of pulls off. So she would have to be kind of careful with jumping or doing any of those things. But it comes back to like hydration, good nutrition, and like what you said, like less stress, like really eyesight can only happen in the present moment, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is foresight or imagination or visualization or having a memory or hindsight is, you know, but the actual part, actually act of vision, like seeing can only happen in the here and now. And when you're in your mind or when you feel, you know, like that stress, that mental strain I mentioned in the beginning, right? When you're mentally relaxed, your eyes don't really get tired. I mean, in, in combination with good habits, right? But your eyes yeah. don't really get tired if you're mentally relaxed. Huh. Okay. So you mentioned about looking far. And so I'm looking far, I'm looking here, I'm looking far. So how often should we be taking a break from looking close at a screen um to looking far i mean i you know there's all these different rules i like the five minute like i like five minutes i mean i look up literally all the time and that's why placing your computer or you know kind of making your environment easy like helping yourself like supporting your environment your health with your environment how you set things up um so i would do that you know at least every five minutes 
just look up, move around. If you read a book, you can put a bookmark two pages ahead and then look up and look around. Oh, it's that's like, a good think tip. Of, think of sitting cross-legged, right? Like think of that, for instance, how long would you sit cross-legged without it keep, you know, you would naturally get up and stretch your legs. And then with the eyes, we kind of lock them into this distance. And by the way, for the eyes, the, the near point is more effort for your eyes because you know, when you think of the eyes looking in the distance, it's like the eyeballs are parallel, right? All the muscles are relaxed, the six muscles. But when you look at close, the eyes have to kind of come together. So kind of as if you like crossing, think of cross yeah, eyes. Yeah. So the inner eye muscles have to pull more, the outer has to stretch, the lens, has, the lens gets thick to, to adjust for the near point. So it's more effort. It's like holding a dumbbell, like, right? We're holding a dumbbell. I don't have one right here, but you're holding it you know, for like eight hours and then you expect your arm to be like easily stretched out. So yeah. that, you know, yeah. 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 Or it's even like if I've, if I've sat in a certain position, like if I sat cross-legged and then I have to stand up again, um, just the, the uncomfortableness of that because you've done the complete opposite to it. Okay. Yeah. So for someone like for me, I get so engrossed in what I'm working on or I'm so focused on a client or whatever that the, the act of looking away, I would need a reminder or even the act of like deep, deep breaths, breathe deeply right now. I'd have to have a reminder. Um, and so it made me think of like maybe even setting in a, a little alarm on my phone that just continuously goes off every, at least until I'm trained. Yeah, that's a lot that of, for people. There's like Chrome extensions, and now I'm blanking on the name, but there's a whole bunch of different extensions. You can take a break. Um, ah. I'm blanking right now. But okay, how about this? How about if you can get those to me, I'll add them into the show notes. Yes, definitely. So you awesome. can try those things that kind of, you know, that can take over your screen, and you, unless you, you know, unlock them, you can't, you can't continue to work. I tried those, they were too annoying for me because I was in the middle of something. But I like the Pomodoro technique. You might have heard of that, the, the 20 minutes. I talk about that all the time. Oh, okay, that's a good one. So 20 yeah. minutes. I mean, even if you look at the screen for 20 minutes and you're relaxed and then you get up, you know, ideally you take more breaks. I wanted to mention two more things that I think, are, or three more things that are really important. Um, to, one of, first of all, give your eyes some rest. So mm -hmm. closing your eyes, simply like we have the eyes open all day long closing them or doing something called palming where you close your eyes and you, you, cut, you um, use your cupped palms and you cross them over your nose and you just kind of block out all the lights supporting your elbows and just oh. take a few deep breaths. Just kind of, you know, like resetting, you know. Oh. So, we, so the eyes need that rest, like how our body needs rest too. And sleep is not always restful right? So, mm. so we do sleep, but then during the day, taking little breaks, you know, I actually combine it with my meditation. When I meditate, I have a little thing, uh, like a little stick where I can rest my elbows on, like a little support. So I, I do that when I do my 20 minute meditation in the morning. Um, and something else I think that's really important to mention is the light. So computers have a lot of blue light, and this has been kind of in the media the last few years versus the sunlight has a really like a full spectrum, right? And that blue light is damaging for the macula. You know, the macula has, is naturally covered in plant pigments and you get those from diet, from kale and spinach and dark leafy greens, lutein and steaxanthin. 
but and they absorb the molecule absorbs about 60%, right? But the computers have so much blue light, it's pretty much just blue. And I recommend um, either getting an app, there's an app called Iris, like the, the flower, the iris, or the, the iris in the eye. That one's a paid one that's really good. And then Flux, F-L-U-X is a free app. Or what I do, I have a Mac, so I'm using, I'm just putting my night shift mode on, on my phone, on my iPad, on everything, and it's turned all the way to the most yellow setting. And I do it, I cheat the system a little bit, so it's not just the evening, but I do it from like 4 a.m. to 3.59 a.m. So that way, you know, you have it on all day long, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good tip. I, um, I turn the light setting down on my computer and on my phone. I almost always have it very, very low. Um, and I, it's, it's interesting that this happened because last night I was watching TV and I like to watch TV with the lights out. Um, because of the glare of our lights, our pot lights on the TV. Oh, I have to say something about that in a moment. So go on. Oh, no, is that good or bad? Say it now. That's not good. Ah, darn it. <laughs> so, so just to explain really quickly. So when you have a screen and everything else is dark, and my kids used to do that all the time. So, you know, one way for the, we have built-in sunglasses, basically called the pupils, right? And so the, when it's dark, they open up. And when it's bright, they get tiny, right? So the pupils. Um, now when you're sitting in a dark room and you're looking at a brightly lit screen or like a screen, you know, the pupils kind of open up so you get more blue light in and it's kind of a strain. It shuts that peripheral vision down because now you're like, you have that tunnel vision on that object on that screen. And it's probably worse on computers than on TVs, but mm -hmm. I always recommend having some ambient lighting and in fact have the lighting of the room match the screen brightness. Right. So, oh, so okay. when you're, when yeah. your screen brightness is down, you know, then you don't have to have the room fully brightly lit, but you kind of, you don't want that computer screen to be a lot brighter than your environment, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. And, and this was the kind of second piece. So I will put ambient lighting on, I will turn off the pot lights, but I'll put something else on. Thank you right. for that tip. And I'm glad you spoke up about it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but what I noticed was, so I'm watching, I'm watching my show and my husband has his laptop on, on the computer and the way he's sitting it, the light, I can also see the light of his computer and it kind of was annoying for a while and then I zoned it out. But when he turned it off, cause he has it on the brightest setting when he closed his computer, there was just this like, ah, oh, that's so much better. And I said to him, you shouldn't have that so bright. So what are your, what are your thoughts? Just go to that night vision, um, night function that you, that's on the phone, mostly to the yellow, have it so on 24 night, hours. Yeah. The night shift mode is definitely a way. I mean the brightness. So there's, so there's a thing, um, for those listeners that might be kind of in that stage where they feel the need readers or their vision isn't as good anymore. I always, I always recommend to, you know, my clients and students to, like if necessary, right? To increase the brightness versus putting glasses on. Or if you're working and you're reading, great, get a good light, like an odd light or a good lamp that provides daylight. That kind of, the, you know, not the old incandescent lights that are very yellow. Those are great for like evening when you're not working anymore. Um, so I usually recommend before you start straining or squinting or doing all those bad habits <laughs> to, to have the light a little brighter, um, better than screen dark and then plus one readers on or something. So, you know, that's, so it's always a balance of, you know, 
what you do. The key is not to strain. When you catch yourself squinting or staring or having those bad habits, you make your vision worse. So having the screen all the way down, but then kind of squinting to read it, that, that kind of defeats the perfect purpose if that makes sense mm, it does yeah it totally does um now i have more questions but since you mentioned habits uh i know that you have um these strategies that you've put together in a document really easy to follow 10 habits for healthy and happy eyes how do our listeners get that from you so they can go to naturallyclearvision.com and then forward slash 10 habits Awesome. And they can download that. And then on the thank you page, like when you, you know, when you put your email and your first name in on the thank you yeah. page, there's also invitation to a complimentary session if they feel like they would like to know more or that's talk awesome. to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And the, uh, that link will also be in the show notes so that people can easily jump over to that. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that we got that in, especially because you were mentioning about habits. And, and I've already learned a, a few habits that I have to bring in, I know. <laughs> so, um, so as I mentioned, I have worn glasses part-time. I would wear them just in, in seeing a movie or in the back of class in university. Then I moved on to contacts full-time, still wearing them. Um, now I'm thinking about LASIK surgery. So speak to us about, you know, your thoughts about glasses, contacts, and LASIK surgery. So my thoughts are, uh, and you said that in the beginning, I think, is that they're really just a Band-Aid mm. instead of addressing the root cause, which is, is always strain. And strain can come in a thousand different forms. And you, I think you mentioned something that you got your glasses in childhood. Um, so a lot of times with, when children get in, I think I'm assuming you're near. I got them in university because oh, university. I, I was not a, no, last year of high school, I was finding it hard to read the board at the back of the class. How was that last year in high school for you? Was that kind of stressful? Was it, did you have to do a lot of studying or was it mentally straining or how was that? Uh, I did well at school, so I don't know if it was stressful. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know personally. I know, uh, sorry, I don't know education-based. I know that I did have a breakup that happened the year before. That was pretty, pretty stressful. Um, and I know that uh, there were some issues between me battling with someone else for student council president, and I ended up winning, but I also, uh, he was ruthless in his revenge for losing. And so, yeah, maybe there was some personal stress that was happening in my life. Is that what you think triggers it? Yeah. So when, when, you know, and you are kind of still in the category of child, I mean, you, you know, in high school, you're probably like around like what was it? 16, I was probably 17. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, so all babies are born farsighted and you know, when kids, you know, even at that age get glasses, it's not just suddenly, Oh, the eyeball is too long. There's usually some emotional, like, like you said, personal stress. So it doesn't have to be just academic. There's definitely a connection to stress that could be academic. Like in Asia, we have this crazy over 90% of nearsightedness now in children in Singapore. I mean, it's just skyrocketing from the 25% in the 70s. And there's a, you know, and that's not just a myth. I mean, there's a lot of academic pressure, especially in Asia, and they spent more time indoors yep. looking at screens. 
yeah. you know, and um, studies have shown children that play two or more hours outside have a way lower rate of myopia or nearsightedness than kids that play outside, right? And that's the sunlight and, you know, I can go into this whole thing why. So it's not just looking in the distance, it's also the sunlight is actually really beneficial for eyes and their vision and the development of the eye. However, the emotional component is definitely a, a big factor mm. when you get glasses at that age. Um, later in college, it's often called college myopia, which is more from that mental academic strain and reading books all the time. But if you had a big break, a bad breakup, and you know maybe that other guy was kind of bullying or harassing you or whatever, that will have an impact. And it's kind of like your nervous system mm. is almost a little bit like, this is like, this scary, there's something scary right? So there's a protection and that kind of creates that stress mechanism, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and that can have an impact on your, that has an impact on, not every child reacts the same way, right? It's not like every kid that is stressed gets nearsighted, but there is, it's more than one factor, I want to say. It's not just, you know, you spend too many hours reading books, right? Yeah. <laughs> Emotions yeah. play a big role. Yeah. So you're saying that glasses, contacts, and LASIK are band-aids, uh, to this. What about sunglasses? Um, that that's don't, another great question. That sunglasses that don't have any prescription in them, just wearing protect protective sunglasses. And then if you can also speak to wearing the special glasses that you can wear with the blue light thing. Yes, definitely. And I totally forgot to t say something about LASIK. Can I just say that real quick? Yeah, please. Go ahead. So the, so the thing is with LASIK, it's like, really simply diopters only correctly for one distance so i don't know what your prescription is but let's i'm just making an example let's say it's minus two diopters for instance so then you get lasik it's like a contact lens that you can never take out and usually what happens as you get older you know you can still you can now still read without glasses probably perfectly fine but now you get like to your late 50s or 60s and what happens is that we have that minus two and you can't take that out and then most people then put plus two readers on top to get back to, to back, get back to zero, so to speak. Wow. And common side effects of LASIK are super dry eyes and having halos at night. And I've heard that from so many people. Oh. And usually it doesn't last. Like the longest lasting LASIK I've ever heard from anybody was like 12 years, but usually it lasts like way less than that. And it's, again, it's a permanent cut into your cornea. So you can't reverse, you can't like even tattoos, you know, you can kind of get rid of them somehow, but you cannot really get rid of uh, LASIK. So once that's done, it's done. And another question I wanted, would ask you is, have you ever noticed that your vision varies a little bit, that it's not always exactly the same, that some days or sometimes it's better, sometimes it's a little worse? I wear contacts all the time, so I don't really even we notice. And I think that's the danger with glasses or contacts too. They allow you to strain and you don't have that feedback loop of like, oh, you know, now I'm straining, I'm making it, there's a blurriness. So everybody has varying, actually vision can vary every 10 seconds, even for people with perfect vision. Wow. Like, as I said, like stress influences, bad sleep, like there's all these factors. But if you like wearing these, you know, I call them crutches, no offense. But if you're wearing them, you know, you kind of, you can have these bad habits, but you still get rewarded. It's like taking metformin for diabetes instead of, you know, addressing your nutrition, you know what I mean? So it's kind of the yeah, same. I, yeah, I totally do. And it's funny because a lot of the topics that we're talking about here 
um, with stress causing eyesight trouble. And like you said, like, let's deal with the actual problem and not put a Band-Aid on the symptoms. Um, this is what I've been talking with uh, Dr. Atusa Madavi about um, our whole, like our whole health and, you know, the psychosomatic piece around our eyesight as well coming in. Um, yeah, this is, this is a great podcast to basically follow her, um, to follow her episode. Um, and really, I, I can't say that I've ever thought about doing self-care for my eyes. I can't say I've ever thought about bringing in a practice into my day to care for my eyes. And so I'm glad that we are able to talk about this today. Um, but don't leave me hanging. Sunglasses. I know, I know, I know. Trust me, I'm really here. So <laughs> I, I mentioned this. Um, so we have these built-in things called the pupils, built-in sunglasses, right? So when it's bright, our, uh, the ciliary muscle tighten, uh, um, sorry, is relaxed and the eyes, are, the pupil is small. And when it's dark, the, the muscle tightens, not the ciliary muscle, I'm blanking. The muscle that opens the iris and it opens up. Now what happens when you put sunglasses on, the pupils open up behind the dark sunglasses. And in the, in the way, you know, what happens is your, your, your pupil reaction that's naturally really fast, like they close and they open really quick, gets more and more sluggish. And I used to wear them literally on overcast days and I was super light sensitive and I was always saying, I have green eyes, I'm light sensitive, there's nothing I can do. My night driving was really challenging because the bright headlamps from cars, you know, would make me squint or what I would kind of, you know, hide behind my A pillar of the car or, or the rear view mirror, you know, when you have a big truck behind you, like with bright lights, I had to flip it around. And once I stopped wearing sunglasses, like, like, not only did my vision improve, but my light sensitivity is gone. And what I usually do is I put like a cap on, like, you know, sometimes if the angle of the sun is like a baseball cap or a hat. Um, so sunglasses, um, and there's always exceptions. I want to make, make this very clear. If you have certain eye diseases, if you have, you know, if your pupil reaction is for some reason not working or you're taking, you know, you got those eye drops in or, you take certain drugs that keep your pupils dilated, then definitely wear sunglasses. Or if you're skiing on a, in bright sunlight, you know, it's all snow and extreme conditions. But I'm talking about the general, like Average normal life, right? General. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I totally agree with the, the same symptoms there of like the bright headlights. And, and I, I don't know, it's funny because I'm like, my eyes aren't very big but they're super sensitive to things. Uh, so yeah, like I can't handle the, the bright sun and I squint. And even um, when I sit in, in my, with my women's group, I have to sit in a certain seat because if there's huge, um, huge windows and the light comes just streaming in and I'm finding I'm squinting and like almost like I can't keep my eyes open in those cases. So guess I have some work to do. Well, there's also connections. So if you want to improve your nearsightedness, and especially nearsightedness and astigmatism, um, you have to reverse the light sensitivity. And something I teach that's really easy is sunning, and you do it with eyes closed, and you literally just face the sun with eyes closed and turn your head side to side. And eventually, you, you will be able to open this, the eyes on the side, right? Not when, the, when, you, when you're yep. facing the sun. And it's really nice, and you notice how it's brighter, even with behind the eyelids in the yeah. center so that's a really relaxing it also helps your neck to get a little bit more loose 
And then you follow that with a what's called palming, where you kind of close your eyes with the cupped hands. So that's a really simple routine that you can do to help your your vision, you know. And the cells that work in bright light that give us color vision and clarity, the cone cells, they only work in daylight and they need sunlight. They need that natural full spectrum light to be happy. Well, you might have converted me to caring for my eyes better. Not might have, you have converted me. Um, thank you for all the different tips that you've given. I'm definitely gonna go grab that 10 habits for healthy and happy eyes. And I know that at different times throughout the year, you run different challenges that are free for people to join. So I really encourage, um, I encourage the listeners to jump over to the show notes to click through and to check out your different um, social media handles in order to see kind of what's going on in your world and to be able to really take care, take care of our eyesight because as we know, as we've seen, it only can get worse with age and with the amount of technology that's coming out. So this is a great time for us to, to really take pause and, and I hope that your mission here with helping people with their eyesight is kind of like that mission that happened around breathing better, right? Breathing deeply. And, and people are getting into that, but let's, let's create a movement around this. So any last words, one sentence, two sentences, any last words you have for, for those listening today? I just want everyone to know that no matter what your age, no matter what your challenge, even if you have an eye disease or that retinal detachment that you're, um, um, client was talking about you can improve at any stage at any age you know there's always room for improvement and it doesn't necessarily mean that you if you have like minus eight diopters that you will be you know seeing clearly in like two weeks but you can if you get to minus six minus five minus four way lower risk of getting an eye disease like macular degeneration and Mm. one last thing i want to say like what they call age related eye diseases like cataracts it's usually lifestyle related it's based on your nutrition if you eat a ton of sugar which is killing the eyes um you know it's a, it's blood sugar problems diabetes is the leading cause of blindness and you don't have to have those so anything that you know is good for your heart and you know like literally like what everybody says like breathing exercise good food you know and anything can be improved like so don't give up you know, even if you're like 85 years old, you can still make improvements. So, yeah. Very true. Very true. So everyone, this is Claudia Mullenweg, and she has so much to share about the eyes. Uh, if you want to continue to hear amazing podcasts with awesome experts like Claudia, please make sure you subscribe to the Dynamic Women podcast. Uh, my goal is to bring you female experts every other show, because I'm the expert on the other shows, uh, to help you in all areas of life. So you can optimize not just your business, but your health as we've had today and uh, your relationships and every other piece of your life so that you can be fully dynamic and in your brilliance. So thank you again, Claudia, for joining us today. Um, I'm gonna go grab those 10 healthy habits and start to bring those into my life right now. Thanks again. Thank you dynamic women for joining us today please hop on over to itunes to subscribe and leave us a review who do you know who needs to hear our message we'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family if you're ready to be more dynamic have more balance and more success 
head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book. Stay dynamic.